Yo, dads. We like to keep the format of modern dadhood pretty tight, but some of our guests just warrant a longer conversation. Recently, we spoke with Kevin White, a father of one two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, about his family and serving in the Army. Enjoy the full conversation. And to all the parents listening who are serving or who have served in the military, we genuinely appreciate your service to the country and to keeping us safe. Kevin White, dude, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for finding time to be on Modern Dadhood. Absolutely. I appreciate the invite and the opportunity to come, uh, come talk with you guys. So let's clear the air right out of the gate. How long have you and I known each other? Uh, preschool. So I think we, I think I still have the preschool picture of us somewhere. Um, but yeah, since, since preschool goes all the way back, way, way back. Yeah. I'm slightly taller now. Nah, (laughs) nah. all right, maybe. So I wanted to give listeners just a little bit of context before we get too far into the meat of this episode, but you are in the military. Can you tell everybody what branch you're in? I am. Uh, I'm an army officer. Uh, I was commissioned uh, out of Clemson University and have spent the last 16 years, almost 17 years on active duty, currently stationed at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas and living in Kansas City, Missouri, currently deployed, not really deployed uh, to San Antonio, Texas. How many places do you think that you've lived? Uh, Three, four, five, six, seven, seven different places uh, that the Army sent me, and then a couple deployments uh, to uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, over to Europe for a time, short period. It's a lot of places. I was going to say, I got a a few passport stamps uh, thanks to the Army. You said you're currently deployed, but not really deployed. What do you mean by that? So I'm on what's called a uh, temporary duty mission. Uh, and so it's, it's an, for, for this one, it's an unknown, um, unknown time length. And so we just got, we got a mission to come down here to San Antonio to help with what's going on right now. And so it's somewhat like a deployment in the way that we treat the operation here of uh, shift work, 24-hour operations, uh, like, much like what we've done in Afghanistan, Iraq. But again, you're stateside, and so that's kind of the, the big difference with what we have going on here. So it's hard to say you're, you're, you're deployed when you're stateside, but um, with what we're doing to, to combat the, the COVID virus, um, it, it's much like a deployment. So there's no immediate physical danger to you aside from potential exposure to the virus? Correct. So you are married, and your, your wife is not in the military, Correct. She is not. She is uh, ran as an occupational therapist by trade and by schooling, although not doing that right now. She's a full-time stay-at-home mom and rocking that every day. I, I saw the post, uh, I think it was today, maybe yesterday on Instagram, of the very awesome zigzag balance beam that she put together. So Raina, being an OT, she's, uh, she's very skilled for, for, for doing this stay-at-home mom and, and teaching Abriel, our, our daughter, all the time. And so She's coming up with stuff all the time, and, and it's amazing. Like, I get the videos during the day, even, even when I was back at home, of, of things they're doing. I was like, that's awesome. I can't mm-hmm. wait to get home so I can be a part of this. With <laughs> uh, the COVID stuff going on right now, she's finding ways to keep her entertained and, uh, and, and teaching her something all the time. So it's, it's pretty awesome to see that because, yeah, you're, you're seeing it the same way I am. 
And for our listeners, uh, just some clarification. So you have one daughter, and how old is she? Uh, she is two and a half, just turned two and a half in, in March. Uh, so she is in that stage of everywhere all the time uh, and, and talking constantly. So she's a, she's a lot of fun. I want to rewind just a little bit, a couple of years. So let's go back. Your wife is pregnant. Rain is pregnant. You mean you're already in the military. You've been in the military for a while. You, you've already moved around all over the world. But now your wife's pregnant. Can you talk to us a little bit about the conversation that you guys had to sort of prepare yourselves for leading a essentially kind of like a nomadic life? I mean, you sometimes have to pick up and, and move, sometimes with them in cases like right now, sometimes without them. What were those conversations like back then at that time? Uh, so it's hard. Um, Rain is one of those one of those people that loves being around her family um, and has a great family and great support uh, back in Kentucky where she's from and where we met. For me, I have a great family support as well, but that was never something that I uh, that I was tied to of, of being at home, being close to them. It was I when I went to school, I went ten hours south down to Clemson from my family in Pennsylvania, and so. I was used to that. That was the life that I chose um, and, and have done for the past you know, 15 years, 14 years before we met. And so this was hard for her, the military lifestyle before having a child and, and you know, being away from her family. And so that was something that we talked about a lot um, and always tried to find a way to get back as much as we can, especially for her family. And so having, having a child, bringing uh, a daughter into this was hard as well. And so it was you don't have the support structure. You don't have the family that's close by that say, hey, I got to run to the store. I need to take a shower. Can you come over and watch her? You rely so much more on each other and the people that are, that are your neighbors at the time. You, know, you, you may not know them very well, but a lot of times you build relationships very quickly and you have to because that's all you have a lot of times, especially when you do deployments. Uh, and so... We found out we were pregnant in January and moved to D.C. in May. Um, and for the first three months, three and a half months of that, we didn't know where we were going. We know we were moving, but we didn't know where we were going. And so you know that you've got that uh, life in a suitcase mentality. And some of that is you embrace because, you know, you want to teach that to your kids and say, hey, look, it, there's an adventure out there. Let's go have it. Yeah. So that's interesting. You you used the word adventure. I wonder if you would have ever used that word before Abriel came into the picture when you're sitting her down and saying, I got, I got to go away for a while. How do you have that conversation? What is, what's the language that you use to talk to her? So two and a half, uh, she understands a lot and she's definitely advanced for her, for her age. Um, Raina's done a phenomenal job of, of that, uh, getting her head on things. But Two and a half, still a little, little bit young to truly go to that language, I think. And so, what we with this one, and this is really the first first time um, that I've been gone for a substantial amount of time that she she recognizes it. And so, we the way we kind of explain this one is, hey, Daddy's got to go away for work for a while, and we'll still talk, but you won't see me for a while. And so, this one wasn't as much of an adventure because I think she'll you know, she'll understand it more. And the next, the next move that we make will really be that, uh, that first time that we can have that, that discussion and, and really frame it probably the way we want to, uh, to kind of teach her and open her up to it. Thinking forward, have you and your wife talked about how you might frame that for her? And I'm sure part of it depends on whether it's, uh, 
deployment within the states or whether it's something where there is, you know, a, a, a threat of harm involved. But have you thought about the language that you might use or how you might frame that to her when she's older, four or five? No, um, honestly, we've, we've kind of waited on that one. You know, 17 years in now, um, I, I've watched other guys in my, in my organization, in my unit um, that have gone through that. And it's never an easy an easy discussion either way. And, yeah. and so you see, you know, you think, Oh, as the kids get older, it gets easier. Well, you have different needs. The kids have different needs at that point in time. And so it's, it's never easy no matter when it is, but no, to be honest, I, I don't know. I don't know how we would do that yet. What kind of things are you and Raina doing to deal with the distance? And is, is it getting harder the longer that you're gone? Yeah, it is. Um, and, and it doesn't get easier. Um, and the more you're, the longer you're gone, you start getting into your routine and they start getting into their routine without you. And so it's harder to integrate yourself back in without disrupting. Um, because that's the other part you don't want to do is they've got their routine and they've got to keep going. Um, and she's by herself. And so you, you've got to kind of figure out where it is you fit in and what the right, what the right mix is. But yeah, the longer it goes, the harder, the harder it becomes just finding out where you can inject yourself. And the way we try to handle it here um, is, you know, as I was saying, is it's a 24 hour mission here. And so my, my work schedule doesn't, uh, isn't always conducive to, to being a part of things. And so I go in at about five in the morning and I get done, you know, late in the afternoon here. And so I'll get a call once they get up and basically finishing breakfast, we'll do a FaceTime call and I'll get to see her finishing up breakfast and talk to her and say good morning. Uh, but that's a quick call because that's in the middle of my day. And then before she goes down for a nap and then same thing in the evening while they're finishing up dinner. And so we try to keep those same things that we did at home or, you know, after dinner, a lot of times we do after dinner dance party. And so we'll throw a song on, on the speakers and, and dance around the living room. And so we try to do that. So she'll run over and, and say, play the song, uh, play fine by me. And so then we, we dance, uh, we dance in the living room and I dance in the hotel room uh, to kind of keep that going before, before she goes to bed and before I go to bed. Yes, it's interesting. It sounds like you're trying, you know, as much as you can and and as much as time will allow to just maintain some of the normalcy of what you would be doing if you weren't deployed right now. Yeah, the 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 dad things that you like to do, the uh, you know, as you guys talked about on previous episodes, the rough housing, the playing around, the goofing around, you know, you, that's you know, that was the stuff that I love to do at home coming home mm-hmm. from work um that you don't get to do now. And, and so it's, you know, you try to do that over FaceTime of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to act like I'm doing it and, and mom's going to try to do it, but it, it's not the same. Uh, so you do as much as you can that, uh, that seems normal to them too. There's sort of this immediate nature to your line of work, meaning that um, I would imagine when you're going to get deployed, you don't have all that much notice, right? It could be, could it be a few days or a few weeks? And I would imagine that it's probably the same coming home, right? Maybe you have some rough idea of when you'll be home, but not an exact day yeah that's that's exactly right um and and it's honestly less than that um we we got told plan for 90 days but there's discussions ongoing and so it could be tomorrow i get told hey you're going home uh or it could be you know two weeks from now so yeah this this one uh, especially is really an unknown the the deployments the true deployments overseas type things those are much more planned out uh and you you have a much much closer idea of when the deployment will start and when you'll come home it must be hard to not get their hopes up that you're going to be home at a certain time when it actually could be t- 
two weeks or two months later than you originally thought. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, as much as it goes for the kids, it goes for your, for your wife at home too. Uh, she is ready to, you know, in this case, especially she's ready to get me home, but it's um, it, the same thing is you don't want to tell too much. You don't want to tell too little. Uh, and so this was one that we, you know, for our daughter in this, in this instance, um, I didn't tell her till the morning I was leaving uh, that we were, that I was going to be gone for a while because one, it was changing. You know, this was a developing situation that we were trying to still figure out how we were getting here, what we were doing when we were leaving. And, you know, the date had shifted from Friday to Saturday to Sunday to mm-hmm. possibly Monday. And so we didn't say anything until, you know, bags were basically packed in the car. Uh, she came up for breakfast. I sat and had breakfast with them and said, okay, dad's got to go. Dad's got to go for a while. I'll, I'll see you soon. Did uh, that even register for her at that moment or, or was it something that hit her later? I don't think it did. Um, you know, she was still excited. We were playing all morning, you know, mm. until the moment I walked out the door. And so, you know, Raina took her in and pulled her map out, her interactive map she has. And so she says, okay, this is where daddy is now. Daddy's going to Texas. Uh, you mm. know, where are we? And so it's a teaching thing, but, but it doesn't, it, I don't think it registers all the way that I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to come home tomorrow, but um, she's young enough that I think it, you know, it doesn't register all the way to truly understand what that means. Like one one of the things we talk about a lot on the podcast is, um, hey, hold, sorry, hold, hold. <clears throat> yeah, sure. I see. Yeah, you, Miranda's trying to FaceTime. I'm <laughs> sure that the hey, I'm on a, a Zoom call with Mark for the podcast. Oh, sorry. Hi, Raina. Mark said hi. Can you hear me? It's uh, on the on the side. On this, like out here. Yep. Yeah, pull that part oh, right. This is great. This is like a, this is like a, this is a first in modern data history. I'll talk to you later. She, yeah, she's gone. Uh, had to had to fix the printer. That's uh, that's real life. That's that normalcy we're talking about. So of course the uh, probably the week after I left, I get a I get a picture of the hot water heater going. Hey, is it supposed to be leaking like this? Oh no! It sure is. See you in ninety days. Yeah. So we had, uh, so again, going back to that, that neighbor, uh, thing, we had one of our, one of our neighbors came over and replaced the safety valve and, and fixed it for us, cleaned it out, fixed it, put a new one back on for us. So, yeah, I'm just, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, one of the, the, one of the things that we talk about sometimes on this podcast is that like, we tend to, I think whether it's happening subconsciously or not sort of shape the types of parents, the types of dads that we are a little bit in the image of our own upbringing. In your situation, neither of your parents were in the military. Your mom, your mom wasn't like a sniper or anything that I don't know about, right? We can't talk about that. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Rita and her cookies. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, she was not. My, my dad was, though. What okay, so that was okay, so I was gonna ask that question. Was was he? Because I didn't I I never knew him as 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 being in the military. So it must have happened a long time ago. So what's funny is I, I knew my dad was in, but I never knew what any details, anything until after I had already uh decided I was joining and, and really had signed my contract is the first time he really talked about it. Um but yeah, he was in during Vietnam. He went to uh he went to flight school as well. And, uh, he didn't finish it because he got about halfway through and they got to what they call instrument phase where you're just flying by the instruments in the aircraft and, and uh, was out on one of those on a solo flight, got weather 
and uh, basically was in what we call zero zero conditions where you know you, you can see zero feet in front of you and zero feet above you and you're flying truly off your instruments talking to the, to the tower uh, and they basically wrote him off because you know at the hour level that he had at, at the time uh, most people are not able to fly like that you get yourself mm-hmm. disoriented and you and you you crash the aircraft and, and most times kill yourself. Mm. Um, so he got himself into that situation, ended up landing safely uh, back in the middle of the airfield, but uh, shook him up and was like, I'm, I'm done flying. And so uh, he did his, his rest of his deployment or his, uh, excuse me, his time in the, in the army um, and, and ended up getting out after three years, never talked about it. Never uh, was never a thing that he pushed on me or, you know, even, you know, I said talked about it all. Yeah. Uh, until I had already made my decision that that's what I was going to do. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was never a, you know, never a military lifestyle, never anything that I knew um, or, or thought about besides the fact that we, you know, where we grew up, you had the, the helicopters flying over all the time and, you know, you see yeah. it as you drive through the, through the gap, but um, it was never something that as a, as a kid, even, you know, even into high school that I thought I wanted to do. Well, I was just going to ask, have you ever had a conversation with your dad about why he'd never brought up the military up until you joined yourself? We, we did, we did talk about it. Um, and it was again, after, after I'd already signed my contract, knew what I was going to do. And it was, I think it was already in flight school that we really talked about a lot of this stuff. Um, I don't so much, I don't think it was so much that we, that he was trying to hide or protect me from something. Uh, it was more to kind of let me figure it out on my own of what I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, he was, he, he was in during Vietnam, never, never went to Vietnam. Uh, he was in Germany, uh, stateside in Germany during, during the time that he was in, but it was, it was more to kind of figure it out on, on my own. And I, and I, I appreciate that looking back, you know, we, we had our, our challenges when I was in high school and because they wanted me to stay in state, you know, stay close to home. Uh, stay somewhere in Pennsylvania, and I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. And so there was a lot of a lot of headbutting going on there, uh, and kind of figuring out our way. So I appreciate the fact that once I got there, you know, he kind of let me figure it out on my own of what I wanted to do, and didn't uh, didn't push me one way or the other with that. And so um, I, I definitely, looking back, appreciate that. So I would imagine that it's going to be different for your daughter because you sit down and tell her daddy's going to be going away for a while. And, you know, um, and I'm sure that you'll continue to do that using whatever language is appropriate at whatever age that she is. What do you hope that your daughter will take away from her memories and understanding of your deployments when she's grown and your decision to be part of the military? I I think that, um, as we've, you know, as Rain and I kind of talk about what we, where we want to go, what we want to do next, um, you know, and, and 17 years in, you get closer to thinking about what the next step is because, you know, retirement could be three years down the road um, from, from military service and then, and then what comes next. And so we talk about that and what, what we want for her. Um, this lifestyle is not easy for the, for the kids, for the, you know, for the families as a whole, for, for me, for Raina, um, the time away is, is hard for everyone. And so, you start to think about what you, what you want out of it. Now there is a lot of great things that come from military service for me, for the families. And I think there's the, the kids, you know, get that resiliency, especially when, as you do the moves, uh, the time away, it builds a resiliency to kind of understand, Hey, there's, there's bigger things going on. Number one, 
Uh, and two, you gotta, you gotta figure out how to, how to handle these emotions, how to, how to develop, uh, these friendships quickly, uh, because in a year, you know, you have, sometimes you have a year that you're at one spot. Sometimes you have three, uh, sometimes you have less than that. And, and you're up and moving. And so, you know, the resiliency that you can build in the kids, I think is important. Um, and you watch the military kids, you know, fortunately, this is the first move that, that Abrielle has done is, you know, from DC to, uh, to Kansas city. And she's young enough that she may or may not remember any of it. If, if I decide to retire at 20 years or whatever, we'll do at least one more. Um, so she'll get that experience again, but the resiliency that you see in military kids, I think is, is awesome. Um, and it's something that I'm, that I'm glad we'll be able to give to her. Um, you know, putting down roots is as awesome as that is too, is being able to pick up and go and, and see the world and, and, and look at it as an adventure versus, oh, I'm getting ripped out of, you know, my friends and my family. What else is out there that you can, you can experience? Let's check this out. This, this, uh, you know, culture that, that is, is new to all of us. Um, you know, we learn it, we do it together. Um, but you build that as a family and you figure out how you do these moves, how these things together, you know, and so the, the adventures of, you know, I didn't have my daughter during my deployments, but I had my nieces and nephews. And so, you know, you, you bring home the, the different trinkets and things, um, you know, the deployment stuff that you get, uh, from the stops around the world. I mean, I've, I've, for my daughter, I've been fortunate, you know, traveling around, um, in my last job. I've been able to pick up books and that's what we've kind of done is I picked up books from all the different places. So she's oh, got cool. books from Italy. She's got books from uh, Lithuania. She's got books from uh, Ukraine. You know, she's got a, books from all over the world that, you know, they can bring home and we look at it now and go, Oh, this is from Italy. And she sees the pictures and go, Oh, daddy was in Italy. I don't think there's a lot of two and a half year olds that know, you know, what, uh, what Italy looks like or, you know, can name the, the Eiffel tower. Cause she's got pictures of mom and dad in front of it. I'm reminded of um, one of our previous episodes with a, a guy by the name of Justin who spends a little bit of time each summer living fully on a on a boat, boat. with his family. Oh, you you look at look at you, man! Yeah, super fan over here. But <laughs> right. he talked a lot about that. He talked a lot about resiliency with his kids. I mean, you plunk kids into a different. I, I mean, I don't want to use words like normal because your normal is your normal and my normal is my normal, but I guess maybe what average people would think of as like um, my regular old life. If you take kids out of that and put them into something that's got a different structure, you know, around what it means to, to be a family um, and to live in a home, you know, what that really means to them. Um, when you alter the, the, the parameters of that a little bit, I think it starts to create this environment where, like you said, you start to build a little bit of resiliency. It's interesting. It's cool. It's it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how that takes shape in in your daughter's life. Yeah, as as much as I look for, and that was you know that was one of the big things that I that I always wanted um, was the traveling. I mean, that's again, that's why I left home and and really I've never been back and for any kind of permanent move back home. But that's what I wanted, and so I I enjoyed and I embraced that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely want to impart that on, on my daughter and, and hope that she sees and sees it the same way, but at the same time, you know, being away, that's part of the job as well. And so, you know, I, I know that there's parts, there's times where I'm going to be away. Uh, it definitely gets much harder as they start growing up and, and they, they acknowledge your presence and, and they know when you're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it makes a much bigger hole in the family, uh, and the normalcy that you do have whatever that looks like. Uh, 
that hole gets bigger when you're not there. And so that, that becomes harder and that's harder for, uh, for me being away uh, of knowing that I'm not there. And, um, so it changes the dynamic, uh, and, and the desire to, um, for that lifestyle, for the, for the desire to serve, you know, really gets challenged of, you know, why you're doing this job, why you're doing uh, what you do. Uh, and there's days where you're like, yeah, this is, this is why. Um, and then there's other days you wonder, what am I doing? Uh, my family's back at home and, and they, they need me just as much as everybody else does. And so, you know, it's, it's definitely a struggle sometimes. You think about the military, um, there's often a lot of very young people involved in the military and oftentimes a lot of young families that get sort of thrust into these types of situations that you're, that we've been talking about since you've gone through it a little bit, what's one piece of advice you would give to a new young father who hasn't gone away yet, but sort of needs to prepare themselves for that time when it comes. So it's a great question, Mark. Um, the deployments are hard um, and it's harder for the family at home than it is for the service member that is deployed. It is much harder for the family at home. Um, and, and I use the perspective of um, a deployed soldier to Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, some, are, some are overseas versus what I'm doing currently. Um, but it would still hold true essentially here, I think, a little bit as well. Uh, I think Brandon would probably tell you it's, it's the same now. But it's harder for them because there's the unknown. Right. They don't know what you're doing. They don't know if you're safe, if you're not, what, what, what job it is you're truly doing, especially again in, in Iraq, you're, you're outside the wire. There's, there's that threat of, uh, of being hurt, being injured uh, by an enemy force, somebody. They don't know, you know, and you have confidence in what you're doing and your abilities and, and the, the, the job that you're doing. And you know that, you know, how well you're doing and, and how much risk you truly are in. Uh, but they don't. And so until you call and say, I'm okay, uh, they don't know. And so it's much harder being on that side. And so, you know, the advice is, um, is, is to put yourself kind of in that position and, and think about it that way, um, that it's much harder for them than it is for you. And so the more you can communicate, the more you can make the effort. Um, and it is hard because you're there to do a job. You absolutely are. Um, and it is hard to, to step away from that. And, and it's very easy to get sucked in completely where you've got to focus on the mission and the job that you're doing, but you gotta, um, you gotta take the time to, to make the effort and, and make the call home, write the email, do the call when you can to make sure that the family knows that you're okay, because it is that much harder for them than it is for you. I'll say I was fortunate. Um, my, my three overseas deployments were, I didn't have kids, uh, for the first one, you know, as you know, I was, I was married at the time, uh, since divorce, but, with her, let, let me be clear on that. Um, ex-wife there, not current wife. Um, and so she was military as well. So that we were, and, and for part of it, we were deployed together. Uh, so very different dynamic uh, there. You know, second one, we were, I was, uh, same thing. We were both deployed together. Uh, and then the third one, I was, uh, I was single, you know, divorced at the time. And so it was just me that I was worried about. And then, you know, the, I've done a couple uh, rotations like this you know, this type of deployment to Europe for a couple months, uh, four or five months with Reina um, at home and no kids. So it, very different dynamics than on those previous ones. So your daughter has never known you to be in combat. Correct. Do you have conversations about that side of 
serving in the military? Violence, weapons, guns, that sort of thing? No, we, we haven't. Um, I'm, I'm sure that will come up eventually. You know, she sees me come home every day in my uniform. You know, there, there are guns in the house, they're in the safe. And so that is, you know, that's part of my lifestyle, part of, uh, you know, what we do. And that, that discussion will come up. She sees the, my flight helmet up on the shelf. She sees the, you know, she sees that stuff and she knows, you know, daddy's in the, in the army and she knows that I fly a helicopter, but she doesn't, she's not there yet. Uh, but I, like I said, I expect in the next, uh, next couple of years, we'll definitely be having those conversations. That particular part of it, the combat side, the fact that it's it's sort of inherently a violent thing, um, the fact that there are guns and stuff involved, is that something that Raina was familiar with? Yeah, no, she she was not. I mean, you know my family, Mark. We got uh, you know we we grew up with that having having guns around. It wasn't you know my my dad hunted, my grandpa, all, you know we we would go hunting. I was never much of a big hunter, and so it was somewhat of a change for me as well. I mean, I didn't. I didn't buy my own, my, my first firearm until I was, uh, after my first deployment, I think. Uh, and that was, you know, three years into the, in my time in the army, but Raina, no, we, um, we were married for about a year before she ever fired a gun and it was definitely not anything that she had in her family growing up. But since then, you know, again, she has her, she has her own, her own pistol that she has. Uh, and she's, it's been a while since she's, since we've gone to the range or anything. And it's not something we do a lot, a lot. And that's not something she enjoys, I would say. Uh, but she's familiar. She's comfortable with it. It will be something I think in our, in our family, mm-hmm. but even for me, it's not something that, uh, I have a concealed carry license. If I don't carry a weapon most, uh, most times or hardly ever. And it's not something that's, you know, lying, I said, lying on top of the dining room table every night. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely something that, will be around our family and a a discussion to have at a a later date. You don't just ominously clean your gun in the corner by (laughs) one banker's light with the, uh, with the list and the lipstick in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. For for my, no, that's not, uh, you're not just fully messed up in the head. (laughs) I I tend to think I'm okay. Raina may tell you otherwise, but, um, but I tend to think I, I came out of it. Okay. So far. All right, Kevin. So fast forward, try to put yourself in the position of, 15 or 16 years from now, if your two and a half year old daughter is now 17, 18 and expresses interest in serving in the military in some capacity, what do you think your reaction will be to that? Um, it would. So I, I hope, uh, that much like my dad did for me is, he, you know, kind of step aside, put my feelings aside. Um, again, I think the way our family family is going right now, I will probably retire before that point in time. And so, you know, another three years, we potentially retire. And she knows me as doing something else other than being an army officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's not a, a lifestyle necessarily that she grows up in and remembers. And so if she makes that decision on her own. Uh, I certainly, I, I don't think, uh, looking again, I, I've had a good experience. Um, of, of being and serving in the army. And it's, it's done a lot of great things for me. And so, um, as a female, uh, that's a different dynamic as well for her of coming to the army or the military service as a, as a whole. Um, I don't think it would be something I would stop her. Uh, I would definitely have a discussion with her of, you know, some things to consider, some things to think about, but it, it's not something I would stop her from doing or necessarily advocate for. She's, if that's where she wants to go, 
then by all means, I'll support her if that's what she wants to do. I hope. And I say that, you know, <laughs> who knows where we are in 15 years. There's a lot of time between now and when she's 17, 18 years old. Absolutely. But no, it's, uh, it's been a roller coaster for me. I've had a great experience and some great opportunities that I wouldn't trade. And hopefully, you know, that's something that would, would impart for her. I mean, again, it's, it's taught me a lot about myself, uh, you know, what I want to do, how I want to do it. And, and uh, a lot of life, great life skills that I've learned. Is there a certain camaraderie that exists among the other army dads? I think your question quota was up, Mark. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. No. Uh, Did I just trip over into uh, uncomfortable territory? No, I, um, yes. Um, and, you, and you see it, uh, on, especially on things like this, where, you know, in the middle of the day, you got, I'll, I'll sit at my computer now, or I'll step onto the hallway and, and take a FaceTime call. I mean, so you see that and you talk about it. Hey, what's your, you know, what are your kids up to today? What's the wife doing with the kids today? Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you, there absolutely is, um, that, that camaraderie with it. It's, I think probably for the longest time, you know, we're, we're a little bit older now where, and you, you know, you made mention of it earlier, Adam, with your question of the younger families, the younger kids, I was a little bit on the other end of the spectrum where, you know, an older officer, uh, with no kids, you know, you get that question all the time. Hey, are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? You know? And so that question comes up and then once you do, you know, now you're a, what you're considered a senior officer and now you've got a one-year-old, a two-year-old, which isn't the norm. Um, there is, you know, especially for the guys that have the kids the same age, you, you definitely see that. So th- there's that connection. Kevin, first and foremost, thank you for all that you've done for this country in your career. It's been a long one and you're a good guy and I'm very proud to call you. Now you're just lying. I, I'm, this is the only time I'm going to say it, so you better let me get through it. Don't cry. <laughs> I'm very proud to call you my friend. And I know you're a good person. I know you're a great dad. And um, thanks for being on this show. It means a lot to me. Absolutely. I, I, again, I appreciate it. I uh, enjoy what you guys do. I've been, you know, listening since uh, since you told me I had to. No, but I uh, again, I, I appreciate you guys. Uh, you having me on, having spending the time. And uh, you know, the the last uh, the last thing that I'm going to say is a huge shout out to to my wife uh, because. For these times, for me, again, it's it's extremely hard being away and you, and you miss those things. But uh, the awesome part is I know what she's doing back at home and the and the uh, the job she's doing, taking care of our daughter, picking up the role that you know the dad role that I have. Uh, she has to pick that up along with doing all her other stuff that she's doing. And so, especially in the times like right now where she's you know stuck at home, I don't I don't envy her and uh, of what she's going through without me there. Uh, but I know she's doing an awesome job, and so I. I truly appreciate what she's doing uh, to allow me to do what I'm doing. Again, appreciate you guys uh, and all you're doing for us dads out there. It's uh, we, I enjoy uh, listening to the new episodes coming out. You know, particularly enjoyed the uh, the Ninja Turtle one recently. That brought back a lot of a lot of old memories there and uh, a lot of good times. So I, I appreciate that one as well. Kevin, thank you so much. Hope you stay safe and get home to your family soon. 